This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Dr. Renata Bartoli. Dr. Bartoli had a near-death experience where she teleported from place to place, and today we're going to learn about it. Dr. Bartoli, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Thank you very much. My audience loves to hear about near-death experiences, so if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened? Yes. Um, well, I have to say a little um, a little about the background when it happened because it's uh, relevant. Um, it happened on the 16th of December 1998. It's a long time ago. Um, I had moved to uh, to London, to England, uh, the year before, uh, coming from a year and a half in China, where I taught uh, in a university in Shanghai. Um, it, it was very stressful. And um, I left without, uh, well, quite quickly. Um, it, it hadn't been planned. So uh, the first time I thought of coming here with a job, but when he said I had to find it. So the first year was very stressful. And, um, and also I had a relationship that uh, was breaking, breaking up. So um, it was... Uh, an unpleasant time. Uh, first, I lived in a, in a flat. Then I moved and I bought my house and I started remaking it. Um, and I did a little by little while I got the job in, in teaching in colleges. And uh, in December, <clears throat> I was on a, on a second uh, phase of uh, renovating the house. And uh, that evening, I decided to go to buy tiles. And uh, I miscalculated the, the distance of the shop. I went on foot. And um, it was much farther than I thought. And when um, I came home, I had two trolleys. Those where you put uh, the shopping. 
and each one had the tiles. The tiles were heavy and small, so the trolleys were all bending. I was tired and holding both trolleys with my hands, one trolley hit my foot and I fell on the on the ground. Um, holding the, um, the trolleys, I was not able to protect myself and I went down in this way, hitting my, my forehead. Um, I don't remember hitting the floor. Um, there is a blank. And then I will say about the blank later. Um, when I came back <laughs> conscious, I was on the floor, on the ground. Uh, it was something like six, seven o'clock in the evening. And um, the road was a, a road connecting two different, uh, it was not a, a city road and um, very large um, pavement. And two young men were walking towards me something like 10 meters from me. And um, I inferred that I was unconscious on the, on the ground for a very short time because they didn't rush. I suppose that if I had been there for a while, they would have been worried and rushed. So they just, when they arrived near me, they asked me if I was all right. I said, yes. My, my worry was to find my glasses that were in front of me, hoping they were not broken. They were not. Um, and then I got up. Uh, my wrists were very badly hurt. The pain was very strong. I felt confused. I started walking home. I was worried because I touched my nose and there was blood. So I didn't know if I had all the blood on my face or what. Um, I had the feeling that I was forgetting something, but obviously I didn't know what it was. And I managed to walk home, always in this state of bit um, of light confusion. I rang my neighbor. Uh, they, they were not helpful. They didn't offer to help me anything. Anyway, I went in and I had two younger cats, um, a year old approximately. And I, the only thing I remember of that evening that it took me something like half an hour to open a tin of cat food because my, my wrists were so damaged. And then I went to bed and um, I had a lot of pain. I slept and woke up many times, always thinking there was something weird in my head, something missing. Uh, when finally on the following morning I woke up, I remembered. I said, oh, I had a near-death experience. This is the thing that was missing. And um, because I had a near-death experience 20 years before, or a very different nature, um, I had read about that, and uh, I read it because I have always had a, a sort of strange experiences in my life. So um, I started reading. Therefore, I was uh, very, um, I was able to understand what happened and, and analyze it, and was quite uh, curious because, uh, um, oh, first of all. Um, because I had work to do at home, a few days later, 
I, um, I, I was with some workmen and we had to go to buy something and they took me in their van and the van passed in the place where I fell over. And while I was speaking to them, automatically my mind saw the pavement and thought, oh, that is where I died. And then said, what? <laughs> so things were coming together. Now, what um, my near-death experience is divided into two parts. Um, the first part is uh, in, in the so-called tunnel. The tunnel was a, a bit uh, more complicated. Um, but the most important thing is that... Uh, the time didn't exist. Um, I, I am forced in this dimension to explain chronologically what happened before and what happened afterwards. But um, I've never known. It seemed there were all things present at the same time. So I shall try as much as I can. Um, I was sitting, <clears throat> and there are a lot of things that are contradictory. <clears throat> I was sitting on... Um, on a bench made of, um, of stone. The stone looked like uh, coal, I would say. Black, uh, rough, but a bit translucent. And uh, it, was, uh, it was the wall, and then it created the, the bench and come down in this way. It was all carved in it. And uh, this was a sort of alcove that was in this way, this and this. And I was sitting here. The entrance was uh, on this side. The fact is, yes, it looked like coal, rough coal. But at the same time, it also looked like candy floss, black candy floss, um, or something like clouds. So it was very physical and non-physical at all. Um, another strange thing is that uh, it was the absolute darkness. However, I could see what the stone was. This is another contradiction. Um, the total darkness is something we can't experience uh, on the surface of the earth. But once I went to visit the cave um, when I was young, and when we were inside, completely inside, the guide turned off the light, and I saw what the absolute darkness was. And it's something that is different. And this is what was there. But at the same time, I was seeing things. Not only that, but I was, uh, I was not surprised to be there. I was... My mind was going on in a strange way. I couldn't, uh, um, I mean, if you find yourself in a place that you don't know, completely dark, alone, you should at least be surprised. Well, I was just sitting there. At some point, I thought, am I dead? Very slowly. And I had an answer in my mind. And here again, who was answering me? I suppose it was a spirit, but I can't exclude 100% that it was not my higher self or whatever. Certainly, I had the feeling it was a male voice. It was very calm, 
very um, not shade, very calm in all senses, and um, very loving. I felt a lot of love, and um, also a point of amusement in uh, in, in this voice. And the, the voice said, <clears throat> "No, you are not dead. But when it will happen, you will come back here." I said, "All right." <laughs> um, and, and I continued to stay there. And then at some point, uh, I thought, uh, mm, what is going on? And uh, I told myself, if, I'm, if I were dead, what would I leave unfinished on earth? I didn't have um, the life review. But I, I did the review of the future. If uh, if I were dead now, what do I leave incomplete? Uh, in, now, um, first things that I thought of the person I was uh, breaking up, and it had been uh, a very long process uh, and very painful. So, um, in at that moment, uh, uh, I knew it was in France. And so I wondered, will he know that I've died? And all it, I shall never see him again. And every time I had the same answer. I don't know who gave me the answer. I don't know if it was me or if it was the, that voice that I heard before. The answer was, it's irrelevant. And with the addition what what can mean um, a life, uh, incarnated life, a handful of years is nothing. It's irrelevant. Okay, well, all right. Then I thought of my cats, who were the most important people of my life. And I had the total responsibility for them. So it was really a question of responsibility even before love. And I thought, yes, my friend... Uh, we look after them. However, I don't know how things will go. And again, it's irrelevant. It's a handful of, of years. Why do you worry? Mm. And then I thought, I am very possessive of my things. I am a, an only child, so I don't like people sticking their hands <laughs> in my stuff. And I said, oh my God, I haven't sorted out anything at home. And they will come and they strangers will, they will check everything I have. And uh, there was a sort of a funny content saying, but they are incarnated. Why should you worry about that? They can't understand anything. It's irrelevant. Now, that is strange because years later, I read the book of Anita Mojani and she uses the same word. When she is on the other side, she mentioned that she found everything irrelevant. I said, oh, there is the word that comes up. And, um, and so it, it was in this way. And it was, and it continues to be, even today, um, something very present in my mind, uh, which I can't accept being incarnated, because to me, they are not irrelevant. I have uh, two cats now. And certainly it's not irrelevant what uh, will happen to them. But I also know that on the, from the other side, it, it's right to be in this way because we are playing a game here. Mm. 
And so we needed to go with the rules. And the rules on earth is that that is not irrelevant. But I know that behind, when you go from above, uh, that is irrelevant. Anyway, um, at some point, I found myself sitting instead of, as I said, it was uh, something like this. You go inside in this way. I was sitting here. I found myself here. And uh, I turned on the left and looked down, and it was like uh, those um, spotlights in theaters. It was like uh, um, a hole. I saw myself on the floor of the pavement. And um, I didn't like <laughs> that body there in that way. It seemed to be very alien to me. And... Um, not uh, very nice. Um, there were also two other characteristics. The light was not as bright as it was in physical reality. And um, it was uh, uh, six, seven o'clock in the afternoon. There was a lot of traffic of cars coming and going with the lights and the, and the sounds. While instead it was extremely quiet. These are the two differences between what was there. Um, I was very detached and I just turned, I didn't like to look and turn my head away. I didn't want to see it. I, I really didn't want to know about that body there. Um, and I found myself suddenly in the corridor, standing, facing the exit, even if I didn't know there was an exit. Um, and um, somehow I knew then there was a, a dot of light, but I looked and I didn't see anything. And I stayed there for a while. The light became a bit, a tiny bit, and then it became slightly larger and larger and, and brighter. Not so bright, but at least it was not uh, absolute darkness. And uh, suddenly, I found myself at the entrance of the cave. Again, there was no movement at all. I was there. Uh, the cave was just behind me. On the left, I had, I don't know, a spirit guide, a guide, some sort of guide. I couldn't look at him. I couldn't turn my head. I didn't know who he was, but I knew he was a male figure again. And in front of me, there was a beautiful uh, landscape, very green with grass, going down on the right with a few trees here and there, and very colored people in, um, in small groups uh, sitting around, a bit like picnics. Uh, I can't describe the clothes. I know they were very colored, but I have no idea what style. Um, it was like a picnic, but there was, I didn't see any food. On the left, the, um, the field was going up like on a hill. And at the top there, there was a wall. I saw in the distance a bit, uh, a wall. And uh, that wall disturbed me a bit. Um, I knew it was the the external wall 
of a cemetery in the countryside, uh, in reality, the, there is or there was a wood in front, where uh, I, I went to the countryside with my grandmother when I was a child. And um, in that uh, um, cemetery, there was uh, the grave of the daughter of one of her sisters, who was my grand aunt, that was the closest person I had. And uh, the daughter was born in 42 when they were bombing the town. And uh, she was born uh, six months only. She was uh, incomplete, the palate was not complete, and she died after 50 hours. And um, I had, when my grandmother took me there every year, um, I had strange uh, paranormal experiences in in that place. And later on, many years later, after the ND, um, I came to understand that probably I was incarnated in that child, wanted to sort out uh, um, heavy karma with my parents. But then the, t- the child died, so I had to be reincarnated as their own child, making things more difficult. Uh, this is interesting because it shows that from the spiritual point of view, uh, bodies, we are very keen about our bodies, rightly, but um, from the spiritual point of view, bodies are how can I say, like a car, when it's broken, you change it. You know, uh, I was supposed to be born in this child, the pallet uh, didn't work so well, I try with another one. And um, and I think this gives uh, um, support to people who lose, for example, their babies or their children. I had clients doing uh, past life regression that uh, uh, told me the same things. Uh, they they were reincarnated in a body, but they didn't want to live there, and so they left. And I think of the poor mother who saw the child, two months old, dying. Actually, the spirit just didn't want that body, didn't want that life. Mm. Uh, so that was uh, interesting, and uh, didn't last very long. There was also a fig tree that uh, again, I can't remember, but in this life, I know when I was a child, my grandmother spoke of a fig tree and that was connected with that place. But um, the fig tree was there, but I can't say what in this life that meant to me. Um, However, at some point, the spirit speaking to me was much more subtle. the conversation while in the um, in the cave i really heard a voice in my mind uh amused as well but uh in this uh, at this point the um, it was not a voice it was just uh, a knowing and uh, he told me that there was knowledge beyond the um, um, the field that went up on the left continues on the right so it blocked uh, what there was beyond and uh, it is somehow told me I, I learned that beyond there was uh, there were people who could teach me a lot 
And suddenly I wanted to know. I wanted absolutely to know. And I was there. Again, no movement. I was there in front. Uh, uh, there was a, a sort of campfire with four or five old men sitting around. And uh, I said to them, to one in particular, I want to know the secrets of the universe. And beyond them, there was a valley. A valley that was going higher and narrower and narrower. And I knew that at the end of the valley, uh, there was another campfire like this one. Curiously, many years later, when I read the Silmarillion by Tolkien, a description of um, of a hidden um, city, the description of the valley made me really think of what I saw there. So I always combine the two images. Anyway, they they told me the story, the secrets of the universe, and I started laughing because I found them extremely simple. And I said, I can't believe in all human history. We have never understood these things. You can teach them in a primary school. Why no one knows this? I, I was so amused and, uh, and so amazed. And uh, this uh, old man told me, but this is nothing. Those over there know infinitely more. I said, I want to go there. I said, no, you can't go beyond this. Now you have to go back. And when you're back, you won't be able to remember anything of what we have told you. That is not a great help. <laughs> anyway, I think that uh, since we come and go, um, I already knew them. It's just that when we are incarnated, we don't know. And, um, and suddenly, bang, I was uh, on the floor um, in this, uh, on the paving and uh, looking for my glasses and uh, with uh, a lot of pain in my, in my wrist. And, um, and so that was it. But uh, I found, I, I tell this story now, how long it is, 20 years or more, um, 22 years. It is as it was when I remember on the following day. And it's curious that when I was in the van with the corner of my eye to look where we were, I said, oh, yes, th that is where I died. It's, uh, it's quite um, surprising. Thank you for sharing that with us. I want to kind of go back and see if I can clear things up for me. You didn't remember it until the next morning when you were driving in the van or a passenger in the van, correct? Yeah, the van came a few days later. I remember the experience of when I woke up in, in the following morning, yeah. You were awake consciously and it just all of a sudden hit you and didn't you just sat there in bed or sat there at the breakfast table and started reliving all of this again? Yeah, uh, the feeling was that there is something I don't remember. There is something important I don't remember. I don't remember. Why I don't remember? I was uh, obsessed with these things mm -hmm. hanging in my head. And when uh, I opened it, as I said, I had a very bad night, obviously, because of the pain. But when uh, towards the morning, it was already light. Um, I said, 
now I remember what it was. Mm. Finally, now I remember. And uh, it was all clear, as clear as it is now. Nothing has changed. If it's a dream, you forget. Mm-hmm. Even the best dreams, you forget. Mm. Sometimes you forget a few seconds after you remember them. And uh, But that was really carved there. And I have to add another thing. Um Many, some decades ago, I lost the most important person in my life. And um, it was something like 15 years before the ND. And I've never, let us say, recovered. Um, I had the communication with him uh, uh, after he died. Um, but because of how things happen, it's been particularly awful. And... Um, I was very, and I remain, um, very sad that I didn't meet him during my ND. People say they meet relatives or loved people. And I didn't even think of him when I was there. And I feel even guilty for this. Unless it was one of these voices that I was hearing and speaking to me. Because actually, the way you're speaking was very similar to his voice. Um, but it's very strange. I just hope when I go there for good that he will be there to to meet me. But certainly, if I created, if I invented, uh, I would have put him first things. Mm-hmm. You know, I suppose that if I saw him, I wouldn't have wanted to come back for any reason in the world. So uh, even for my cats, I wouldn't have come back. So um, maybe that is the, the, the thing. But certainly, the, um, it was a very altered state, but at the same time, full consciousness, um, more conscious than normally we are. Well, you said it was a male voice. Is it possible that it could have been him? It, it could be. Uh, there are two characters, if you want. I don't know. The one in, in the in the cave where I heard the voice, and as I said, um, it could have been uh, somehow his voice. Uh, and the other outside, that was not even a voice. It was less than a thought. It was like being me, myself. And I don't know in what language he spoke either. I don't know if it was Italian, French, English. I don't know. Mm. One of the three. <laughs> Do you think it's more real over there during your experience than it is here? Yes. And there was uh, this uh, strong, in, in the first part, when I was uh, referring to the experience on Earth, there was really, um, I know, contempt is not uh, a nice word, but um, it means that, really. Um, I had no consideration for the ability, uh, the thinking ability of us when we are incarnated. Uh, it's like uh, if you wanted to discuss uh, some, I don't know, uh, very specialized subject with a, a five years old. Uh, it's the same things, you know. It's like, yeah, why do you care about it? They think they put their hands in your stuff. Why do you care? It's all irrelevant. It's uh, they, they they don't know what they decide, what they think. It's quite uh, um, childish, if you want. 
So do you feel like it's if the voice is telling you, why do you care about your life on earth? It's just some silly game. I don't know. I don't know if uh, that irrelevant came from a part of me, because after all, I was revising this situation. I was uh, making an exercise to understand if I were dead. And I think that was my thought. If uh, I'm dead, what would I leave? Uh, if I were dead, what would I leave unfinished? And there was this analysis that is like a, a life review, but in the future instead of the past. Um, I suppose there was input from from the other voice that I heard, but um, it's very confusing. Uh, everything was one somehow. Uh, so I can't exclude it was my higher self, but certainly there was a sense of male voice, male presence. I don't understand why you think it was your higher self, because do you feel like you were talking to yourself and answering yourself? It was uh, it was not talking. It was thinking. Well, yeah. I, I, I want to consider all the possibilities. I can't exclude. I don't think it was uh, me, but I can't exclude the possibility that it was my higher self because we don't know our higher self well enough. Mm. The higher self, uh, and there are also very different interpretation of these words. Uh, the higher self is on the other side. And uh, the rules on the other side are very different. Um, and things that we consider terrible on Earth, on the other side, is taken like, oh, just we have, a, we have a joke. I incarnate myself having this terrible experience. So uh, I, I shall have a laugh when I come back. <laughs> things like this. So I'm a bit... Uh, um, uh, wary you know, of the point of view on the other side. It works on the other side, but we have to keep the two things separate. And uh, I appreciate that well knowing that the bodies are just like car, you take them, you leave them, you are always on the other side. I had my personal experiences of communicating with this person on the other side. Um when uh, th that is a, a typical example, when he died, I saw his body, and uh, I was, uh, I think, uh, at the absolute bottom of myself. And suddenly, I heard from behind my head, higher from the ceiling, his comment that was very amused and um, happy. <laughs> so, um, they are two different worlds, but the suffering of the loss, for example, that we experience on this side, unfortunately, remains. It's comforting to know that is uh, irrelevant in the great scheme of, um, of things. But while we are in these uh, chains, in these uh, uh, flesh chain, chains, uh, it can be heavy sometimes. Now, you're a hypnotherapist. I would assume you've got to have some colleagues that are friends that are also hypnotherapists. Have you ever had them regress you to see if you can remember what the secrets of the universe are? No, 
not that exactly, but I had some people going in future lives <clears throat> and telling me very weird things. Also, for example, and this uh, has happened even for very, very far past and very far future, uh, they had semi-translucent bodies that were physical and non-physical at the same time. And I think really it's very complex, very, very complex. And it's so varied. There are states of which we know nothing at all. Hmm. And, and, and when there were these um, semi-physical, translucent bodies, they had anyway a life on Earth. They didn't describe that to be on another. You know. Then we do the interlife explorations where the the person is not in a body but is spirit, and that becomes even more complex, varied, because it's very flexible. It's like wax, soft wax, and so yeah. Have you ever regressed anybody, and they told you they were from another planet? I've never regretted. Have you ever had yes. a hypnotherapy session with somebody and the yes. person yes. said they're from another planet? Oh, yes. I had. And in one case, it was also very funny. I mean, I consider things that the people are not happy with more relevant than those they are happy with because if they are happy with, it could be their wishful thinking. But... Um, uh, once I had, um, um, before COVID, I ran uh, workshops and um, I had a group of people who came together and they were very, very snobbish. It's the only case that I had been difficult dealing with them. And uh, we did this regression and there was this lady who was extremely snobbish and she was very, very unhappy <laughs> that she saw herself in the future like a huge uh, green lizard walking on her back feet. <laughs> and and she, she was really, really unhappy. So that seems to me more likely <laughs> than something else. But people have incarnated, have told me, story of being incarnated in um, in animals, for example, and not the usual cats and dogs. Um, in one case, it was a camel. Mm. And it, it was meaningful for the experience the camel had and the man has nowadays. So you're saying that... So we are, we are all spirit. The spirit can take any any form. And the spirit, our personal spirit, is much, much bigger than what can incarnate in a physical body, mm. whatever the space is. So there can be, if there are bodies enough, cars enough, um, have a parallel lives. However, we do, I don't think we, we, we ever meet because spiritually speaking, meeting yourself is useless. So you're saying that we, besides taking human bodies, sometimes people take animals for their bodies yes. as well. Dogs, cats, camel. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and in other dimensions as well. 
hmm. in uh, another world. Yeah, um, I had a friend, um, an American friend who lives here, and who has always been very interested in space uh, traveling and um, all these things. And I said, let us do a regression and see if you have had lives not on Earth. And he had three descriptions going from a sort of crab, not in, in, on this planet, semi-conscious, um, extremely simple crab, to um, a, an animal-shaped, sh- non-human-shaped um, individual who was conscious, and another one who was uh, humanoid, hmm. looking like more or less human. And um, I mean, uh, the the spirit can break to fit the. If you think of the brain like a computer, uh, the pra- the brain. Uh, uh, has a certain capacity. If you put it too much inside in a computer, it gets stuck. <laughs> it yeah. can't do anything. And that's the same. So you can put only something enough to make the machine work. Um, and all the rest is free to do whatever it wants. And anyway, we can incarnate in many different places. So Is that why you think we have a higher self? Because we can't put all of us into the to the brain? I, I, I don't know about this higher self. You see him, you see it always uh, quoted. Uh, I think all these distinctions are very typically um, human incarnated mentality, you know, rationality, putting names, uh, um, numbers, and so on. I think it's much more plastic. Um, it's all attached to the other. It's all one part and the other. Um, I suppose uh, um, that a part of us that we can call the, um, the higher self is the part of the states that never incarnate. We never incarnate completely. Otherwise, it would be probably, I don't know, difficult to go back. But um, that's, that's all. Why do you think we even incarnate in the first place? Just to come play a game or what? Because it's funny. <laughs> to where, you know, one can say from the other side, oh, well, I want to, to have experiences. Is it to, to have experiences? But some can say, oh, well, next time I, I reincarnate paraplegic. And mm. so I have this beautiful experience how i can manage from the um conscious from from the incarnated point of view one said oh my god but from the other side it's just a joke mm. and they wonder if i was a drunk when i planned my life <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah let us put this and also this and also that let us have fun <laughs> so uh, I don't, for the little that I have seen and uh, experienced, I don't think there is uh, any way to understand why we make certain choices. But it makes sense on the other side. And uh, we know also, as incarnated, that unfortunately we learn much more 
from negative experiences than from the good ones. They say happiness, you don't uh, um, tell happiness, you just leave it and that's it. But you experience, uh, your experiences, the negative, the painful ones, are those uh, who make you grow. And why and, is uh, that? No idea. Hmm. I I know that we know very, very little. <laughs> and then also, if we already are over there, why do we need to grow? If the spirit are eternal, they have to, to spend, and they have a lot of time yeah. on their head. <laughs> they have to do something. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the game is, I already know everything, but now I wanted to limit myself not to know and see how I can regain that. Yeah. You know, if you have the eternity to deal with, uh, you, you can't play Scrabble or, oh. or lie all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe doing some uh, investigation uh, with some uh, good medium, but it's um, a tricky thing because again, you even living alone are those who get it wrong. But you can have a ten different answers, and all the ten answers being correct mm-hmm. is infinitely plastic. It's infinitely um, malleable. So. Um, it's not the same for everyone there there are two very good books of um, a German writer who lives in England Jürgen Siever I don't know if you know him Mm -hmm. he does uh, lucid dreaming and uh, he describes he seems to be very honest and he describes these uh, experiences that he has and uh, the, um, the situations, the places, even keeping only the good ones, because not uh, all the, the spiritual world is full of uh, fluffy angels. There are places where you don't want to go. You mm. try to avoid them. Mm. But, and he visited but um, is really very different. Uh, each one sees things uh, as they want. And it depends how, from what I understand, uh, the more evolved spiritually you are, uh, the less physical you see the afterlife. But the average person, after a life, an incarnated life, goes uh, into... Uh, in into a state that is somehow similar to uh, to the physical life, and when we meet spirits, dear ones, they have to take um, a body to show something that you can recognize them, mm. because they, if there is just a cloud and says, I am your aunt, so and so. You say, Well, <laughs> how can I know? What if she shows uh, her face? You say, Oh, yes, it's my aunt. Because we are a visual species. So, mm-hmm. some of my guests have experienced a hell like NDE. 
Do you think it's possible that when we're down here playing the game that we could get so mixed up and in bad shape that when we go back, we're still in bad shape and we see a hellish-like world until we finally kind of sort it all out and realize, okay, everything's okay? I don't don't know. Uh, Fears can play a big role. In my first... um, Near-death experience was by proxy. Was the the sister, 18 years old, the sister of my boyfriend who died. She was in hospital after a car crash, and she visited me, um, 800 kilometers from where I where she was, and she wanted to take me with her. She was scared, and it. It was not hellish, but it was very, very bad. Uh, but there are other situations where um, energy is energy. We call good or bad. That is our interpretation. Let us say what we call good is faster, hotter, and brighter. And the bad one is cooler, slower, and darker. Um Obviously, we go to the same level of energy that we were in life. And some people who have uh, committed awful things, they don't go in what we call heaven. Uh, They don't go in a good place. And I can give uh, an example which is very disturbing. Um, a quick example. Um, I was uh, taken to, to visit uh, against my will um, the grave of a relative who had just died and uh, he had been uh, an awful man to me in particular, harming me very badly. And... Um, when I was on the on the grave, it was still fresh. There was only the number of the grave there. And while I was there, I heard very clear his voice in my mind saying, that was in Italian, uh, translated, it was, um, you think you freed yourself from me, but I shall hit you once more, and I will take away the nearest person you have. And I was a bit shocked. I put my eyes down and I saw the number. And the number of the grave were the two digits of the date of birth of the dearest person I had. This was uh, the beginning of August. And um, in autumn, this person discovered to have a terminal cancer and died a few months later. I don't believe that uh, the spirit was able to do that. But I believe that uh, he knew the future and he used it against me. So that's it. (laughs) Um, This makes you think. It's not that when you die, you become an angel. You remain who you are. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I can't say anything else. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know more. But certainly that was a, a very, very tough experience. At that time, no one knew that that person was, was ill. 
it was discovered by Charles in um, at the end of November, and he died in Italy. Hmm. And I didn't meet him when I was in my MD. <laughs> you didn't meet him. I don't know. As far as I know, no. But maybe it was the voice that was speaking to me. Who right. knows? Are you saying that the guy that did terrible things to you after he died, he yes. reincarnated to be the guy that you ha were romantically involved with? No, 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 no. Because it was a, no, no, no. Absolutely. No, it's just that he, he wanted it to, to be unpleasant, let us oh. say, to hit me. No, 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 because uh, the other was, uh, was uh, no, they have nothing in common. Absolutely, no. Oh, okay. It's you just, just that you... He, wanted, he wanted to hit me oh. somehow. And this proves that the fact of dying doesn't make you change drastically from what you were before. Uh, the energy, the negative energy goes uh, with the same. And um, Jürgen Ziever, is uh, is very clear on this uh, with mm -hmm. his experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, it's uh, okay. It, it's right because with all the the, the films of Hollywood uh, of these frightening dead, yeah. you know, uh, it's good to um, to speak of the positive side. But we must not forget that it's not all that. And I had. A, people regressed, uh, went to places they were very, very unpleasant. Mm. Uh, and uh, it was uh, disturbing for me to guide them away from that. Mm. All right. Well, I've got to switch gears with you because I'm running out of time. You are the mm -hmm. head of the IONS chapter in London. Do you have a website? Do you have uh, anything with them or anything else of your own uh, you would like to promote? Uh, I have the um, I have two websites of mine, and um, one is for general hypnotherapy, uh, the apple tree hypnotherapy, and the other is uh, footprints from the past. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, there is a page dedicated to uh, the near-death experiences and, and the group that we organize, hoping that uh, this COVID at some point will disappear mm -hmm. and we shall, uh, we shall be able to... I don't do Zoom meetings mm -hmm. because uh, one thing, as we do today, is one-to-one -one after all. But... Having a group and having the various little faces that speak is not the same thing. The synergetic effect is being together and share things. And I see in the workshops that I've, I've done many, uh, it's something you can't do on the internet. Do you want to tell us what your websites are? Yes, uh, www footprints from the past all in one word mm -hmm. footprint plural footprints from the past.co.uk well after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions are you open to that and if so how can they contact you um on my website uh, there is a, a, um, an email address mm -hmm which is like the website, info at the footprints from the past .co .uk. Uh, If they write there, 
the email is uh, um, uh, automatically forwarded to my personal email address and I will re reply from that. It's just that I don't want to put my personal email address on the website because if it goes public, you know, spam and so on, it's uh, it's terrible. So they can write uh, to that and I, re I reply from my personal email address. Well, before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? It's all these things that have happened to me in my life, uh, which I've investigated, um, researched, um, but like mediumship and so on. Um, I am revising now uh, my, my notes of 35 years ago, and uh, I can really see myself from a distance, and I can understand in a very different way what happened. And to me, at the moment, that is the most important thing, uh, which is connected with the person who died, but is also connected with my, my life. And uh, really, it's amazing at the distance of um, 35 years, how differently, how detached you are reading the things, uh, how you can understand better. And to me, at the moment, that is the most important thing. And I want to start again studying mediumship, which I did for a very short time before going to China. Um, I'm a very logical, so I block a lot. And so I think, and I don't trust myself. So I wanted to in, work on that, uh, getting more confidence in that and, and see what can come up. And anyway, I'm nearly 70, so I've done my duty for most of the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, once I have uh, completed my responsibilities that are not irrelevant to me, mm -hmm. um, um, I'm ready to, to go home. Well, you got to <laughs> take care of your cats before you go. Exactly. I know. This is one of the two important things. And the other is also connected with animal rights. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, having been uh, vegan for 22 years and before 15 years of vegetarianism, I'm uh, very, very committed. So there are things that I needed to, um, practical things to organize. And uh, yes, but hopefully. You know, uh, I'm not, I certainly not scared to go on the other side. Mm. I just uh, hope not to get the wrong uh, road, <laughs> you know, the, the, the wrong path. I, I hope someone will be there. My cats will certainly be there, mm. the one uh, who are gone, and I'm sure they will come to meet me and guide me. Mm. And uh, if there is also the gentleman, I would be very pleased mm. with him again. Yes. All right, Dr. Bartoli, thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you, and I wish you the best. Thank you very much. Thank, thanks to you for having had the patience to listen to me, and um, all the best. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye-bye.